Hey, race fans, Hall of Famer Daryl Walter here. You know it's time to drop the green flag on another edition of Meaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. So, hey, pull those belts tight one more time. Here's my buddy Hermie Sadler and Senator Bill Stanley. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's see what they have to say, boys and girls. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. I'm former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst, Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left. You've luckily found another episode of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. And as always, we are powered by Pacematic. Pacematic's a great company. does a lot for our rural communities, our small businesses, our convenience store owners, restaurants, bars. Uh, They keep a lot of those establishments going. And most importantly, they power this podcast and... They power race-winning SS Racing. Yes. The most recent winner on the Smart Modified Tour at Franklin County Speedway. Pretty, still, pretty excited. still pretty excited about that. I know it's been a week. We talked about it on the last podcast, but I'm telling you what, I got a good feeling. And um, and right now they're in going into Bowman Gray, the, what, 11 weeks off? Mm-hmm. They do that track championship. Uh, our car's not running. I don't think we put our equipment in that quarter-mile track to, to get beaten up. That's a wild bull ring. That's a that is a cr- crazy thing. I've been watching it on YouTube, and let me tell you, um, uh, that is a one heck of a race on a quarter mile track. It looks like it was a it looks like it was a football field. Is that what it was for Wake Forest? Is yeah. what I'm, and it's like the it's they run on what used to be the track that track and field used to run on. You won't see SS racing, but you will see our driver Jonathan Brown at there racing at Bowman Gray. Uh, actually, they start uh, this Saturday, be the 23rd. And he'll be running the 22, and yep. we're going to support him all the way, and we'll keep everybody informed on how he's doing because he does very well there as well. So on today's podcast, the first segment, we'll have a special guest and a special friend of yours because you want to rub in the fact that you've got a sponsor. And a special friend. And a special friend for your leaning right moment on the show. And then later today uh, on the show, we're going to have – the one, the only, Ron Shirley. Wow. A lizard lick towing. Wow. Man, that's amazing. Great friend. Can tell some stories, and he's got yeah. some stories. What a life he has lived. And so we'll have Ron Shirley on a little bit later on today. But won't you introduce our first guest? Well, wait, but before even that, Ron Shirley, I mean, he had, what, six, seven years of a reality series, Lizard Lick Towing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the wildest things you ever see, Repo. Yep. Uh, he was all over it. He had it was a family business, so all of them got into some shenanigans and some some things that were just too wild. But but from what I understand, they were all real. And uh, well, and that's, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that he had a reality show, but he had and still has a very successful repo and towing business. And you know, we had Jeff Jarrett on here, Double J, who we love very much. Um, he told us that wrestling was choreographed, mm-hmm. which was uh, a real shot to the heart for me. Because I always believe it's not over. No, sir. Um, Wrestling is real to me, just like politics. And but here we have lizard lick towing, which is real. You know, I mean, and the antics they got into, and the the personalities that they were. Man, it's one of the greatest, greatest reality shows ever. It's no longer on, but I I think you can find it somewhere on the internet or somewhere on cable TV somewhere sometime. Please do that. We'll ask him. Yeah, I'm very excited about him. But I'm also excited about the guest that's sitting next to us. we go back to our teenage years, uh, many years ago at Hampton City College, because instead of being at the t- 
top of the skyscraper that is the SLG Stanley Law Group skyscraper where we usually record, or in a bunker, or live on the road, or at the SLG Consulting uh, Motor Coach at a racetrack, we are actually at Charlie's Waterfront Cafe, really actually recording from the Virginia Tasting Cellar, which is just underneath Charlie's Waterfront Cafe, founded 29 years ago by the, my roommate at Hamden, Sydney. Now he's my roommate at Hampton, Sydney College. Uh, this spring semester, and then that fall semester, and then the, again the spring semester. But we stuck together. We did a lot of summer school together, <laughs> which in, is probably indicative of our grades uh, or the time that we enjoyed together. But uh, Tom Graziano has been one of my very best friends. I love him to death. He is loyal to the fault. He will do anything. He'll run through a brick wall for you. Um, but he is also, through Charlie's Waterfront Cafe and the Virginia Tasting Cellar, the sponsor for leaning right, he was the first one to come on board. He showed you up, Hermie. You have a Rolodex. We have guests on. You know so many people. Corporations have sponsored you. Put their names on your cars that you've driven around in circles to championships. And yet I pulled in the first title sponsor for our leaning right and turning left moment. So I wanted to demonstrate to you that this was a living, breathing human being. A wonderfully funny guy. I've yet to determine that. Well, okay, we'll we got time. But <laughs> but here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you my good friend, Tommy Graziano. Tommy. Hey, everybody. Hey, um, Tony, I'm a little irreverent when it comes to humor and things like that, yes, just sir. so you know, and I apologize for that. In advance? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good beginning. That's good opening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, Bill's been one of my best friends forever. Um, he's a lawyer and a politician, which, of course, makes him... You know, a little disreputable. Easy. Disreputable. <laughs> that's, that's a good word. Yeah, you learned those at Hampton, Sydney. Disreputable. Oh, yeah, that, that was the one class I finished at Hampton, Sydney. was an English class, and I learned that one word, and that's all I took with me. So, but yeah. He's a, so, did you, do you know uh, my old friend that I think Bill maybe had been on campus, Ben Harrison? Uh, you know what? Uh, those days are kind of fuzzy to Stan me. Ray? <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I was there on and off for three years. If you Do you remember it, where Hampton Sydney is? No. <laughs> Actually, I do remember where it is, but they will not. They still won't let me back on campus. Oh. So I was expelled three times from no, college. No, you're suspended. Suspended, whatever. Told to take, a, difference. Told to difference. take a semester off. And so, no, I was, told, I was told to take a, a bunch of semesters <laughs> off. So, um, well, I played football and baseball. Sitting. He was and, great at it, too. And I didn't realize you had to go to class because <laughs> they never made me. So what happened eventually was I think I, I uh, tore my shoulder up. And anyway, and I was a catcher, so I couldn't throw anymore. That is a long time ago. And if you think you tore your shoulder up, you're not quite sure. Oh, I, oh, I know I tore it up. So, And they said, well, you can still go to school, but you have to go to class. And I go, well, what fun would that be? Well, yeah. I'm like, I haven't gone. Anyway, so they uh, <laughs> they told me where the library was. And I was like, you have a library? <laughs> <laughs> I love to read. It seems to me like that should be in like the syllabus or something when you first go. A map should have that. Yeah, it should be. Start. But I never left the, you know, I went to <laughs> class. Or no, I didn't go to class, but I went to so practice. So you go to a couple classes. I went to practice. There's a great story that we can't tell on the podcast. No, you cannot. I know we can't. What yeah. years did you play football? Um, eighty-seven through eighty-nine. So did you, did you not play with Stan Ray? I don't remember all any Stan of it. Stan Ray left BA 
In 88 it's, and played 88, 90, mm-hmm. 91, it played linebacker for Hampton City. Don't worry, you I know, remember him. <laughs> listen. Potsy. And Ben Harrison, listen, too. All I yeah, can Potsy. tell you is mistakes were made. <laughs> there were a lot of mistakes Are made. Are we still paying for them? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I still can't go back on campus. I think my picture's still up in the post office. Don't let this guy back on campus. Are you proud so far of the stuff that you've got for your leaning right moment? I knew about this going into it. So, so I knew all these stories. Actually, I was probably next to him for most of them. Most of them. Yes. But he was better at hiding. I uh, <laughs> went to class. He couldn't find me. <laughs> you I remember. I can go seek with Graziano. Go to class. He'll never find you there. <laughs> I can't tell that story, can I? No. This one. Oh, there's a great one. No, um, not that one either. Probably most stories that you say are great are probably just dinner dinner table conversation. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, not for the podcast. Course, yeah. And they're certainly because not for children. The the listeners and the viewers on our YouTube channel for this podcast, they think Bill is highly reputable sitting state senator, attorney, all that. He certainly is. Listen, like said, we can we can all change. <laughs> we can do better. Most of us can. No, let's be do. honest. We do. I can't. We do. we do. So um speaking okay. I can't tell it. I, I can't tell the story. Well, let, let me. All right, sorry. How did you get? This would be a fifteen-minute interview. What? <laughs> I thought we already cut it off once. Uh, what kind <laughs> of sales job did Bill have to get you uh, sell to you to get you to he, come on board as a sponsor of his leaning right moment on well, leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the senator? Um, he just asked me. That's it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. And what he said earlier, I am loyal to a fault. Yeah. When I have friends. I love like Bill. Um, if they ever ask me for anything, I'll do it yeah. if I can. And even if I can't, I say I can, and then I figure it out later on. Like I get a job at McDonald's in the morning or something before I go to work. Mm-hmm. Work it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what you do. He's been that way since he was 18. And, um, and we met, actually, uh, I was still trying to play fall baseball. I was recruited by Stokely Fulton. We met, he was a freshman. Uh, you know, big swing and Richard on the team from the get go, and that's when I decided fraternity was more fun than baseball. And uh, but he was an excellent baseball player, excellent football player. And but the one thing you know that has never changed about Tommy is loyalty, friendship matter most to him. Love comes from his heart. He's honest to a fault. I'm hoping that some of that honesty will not come out here today. Uh, <laughs> I won't. But, but um, you know. We had even talked about opening a restaurant. I was at the mill, which yeah. is behind his establishment. We had talked about doing it. My father passed away, and uh, right around that time, my father got real sick uh, when we were roommates, and, uh, and Tommy helped me through it in an amazing way, uh, the best friend you could ever ask for. And, and basically, uh, one morning, he, he looked at me when, when I'd heard the bad news. That basically, my dad was turning for the worst, and all the uh, attempts to try to— re- to save him, he was suffering from cancer. We're not going to work. And he looked at me and said, "You got to go home. You got to be with him." I didn't want to. I mean, I was in my last year. I was, I was, I was doing everything in the right way. I had the easiest schedule possible because I'd worked hard. And, and um, he, uh, he basically grabbed me by the shoulders and said, "You got to go." And um, he was right. And uh, it was the worst of times, but also the best of times to be there with my father. Uh, but to have a friend like that, because usually when you're young, you're pretty selfish. Uh, you think you're going to live forever. You don't look at things in the way that they should look at. But I'll tell you what, Tommy was the one guy that stood right in front of me and said, go do this because you're never going to get back again. So I always thank him for that. Um, and not to be irreverent, but since I am, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, you didn't have the easiest schedule. 
<laughs> I had the easiest schedule. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I never went to class. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I literally spent three years in college, and I think I'm still a first semester freshman. Like, if you transferred all my I credits, think you're in sophomore territory. Now I'm telling you, dude, the only grades I ever got <laughs> that were higher than an incomplete was that one year in summer school when I got a D in statistics and a B in biology. Right. And the only reason I got a B in bio- biology was because uh, the professor and I. She was, anyway. She was. She was a very she nice helped. woman. She helped. She was very helpful. She helped you. She was very helpful. Yeah, but so, so so we used to have a great time in summer school. We did. Um, did we take baroque guitar or something together? I don't know, dude. Yeah, it, it was. Fun. I, I didn't show up for class. I know that. I, yeah, I remember. I might have I, signed up for. Something. I think I borrowed your guitar. Um, <laughs> but that was the easiest day you could get. But you know, we look. You the thing that you did, Tommy, was is that you know maybe college wasn't for you, but business always was. And you always had that business acumen, that business mindset. And so when we talked, um, even at that young age, about you know one thing Farmville needed at that time, thirty years ago, that yeah. they didn't have was a restaurant where you could take your family, or you know when your when your mom and dad came in for um, for some event or a football, football game, game or, or homecoming, anything, right? Yeah. There was nothing here. And so when I departed, you know, I we had talked about doing a restaurant together. I departed and decided when my father passed away that in uh, in June of '89. I was going to go home and take care of my mom, go to law school, and do what he wanted me to do, become a lawyer, which I eventually did. Tommy has still had that dream and that vision, and that's how Charlie's Waterfront Cafe was born. So tell us how that occurred. I mean, how did you go from not going to class but being a really good athlete and one of the best friends ever to uh, making this dream come true to where 30 years later, how many restaurants last 30 years? I mean, Yeah, you're right about that. So I'm pretty proud about that. But what happened was... You know, I've been kicked out of school, so I kept working at this place in Richmond named Charlie's. And um, the guy owned it, this guy Pace Fonville. He had a kid that went to Hinton City, Charlie Fonville. And so one day I came up here to go shopping and saw, like, a need because the green front furniture was so busy. And so you go to the restaurant the one that they had in town, and I won't name it, but that's a three-hour wait. And I was like, this is insane. Like, it's an hour from Richmond. I could literally drive to Richmond, go to a restaurant, and come back before I'm seated at the table at this restaurant. So I talked to him about it, and he agreed to it. It is kind of a funny story, though, because it was kind of the crappiest thing I ever did, but I didn't mean it because I was only like 24 years old. But... So we borrowed some money from the bank and um, <laughs> Signet Bank, which turned into a bunch of different banks. Did you tell them, did you, did you get the librarian at Hampton City to co-sign with you? No, no. So, all right, oh. so here's so, so Maybe the biology this real, teacher. This real, yeah, this real estate agent, or this real estate guy. So we borrowed like $500,000 or something like that, and because that was the estimate. And then, of course, it ends up being like $800,000. So we're about two months from opening, and I had to go back to the bank. And I said to this guy, uh, this loan officer at Signet, he goes, uh, I go, look, we need like $250,000 more. Or, you know, and he goes, we're going to need some more collateral for that. And I go, I already have the collateral. And he goes, what's that? I said, the money you've already lent me. <laughs> because if you don't give me the two hundred fifty, you're never going to get the money. <laughs> Well, you can't do that now because there are computers and everything. But then they were like, I mean, I had 
I falsified some document. No, I didn't. Whoa, I didn't know. Hey, I didn't hey, falsify. Oh. I didn't. No, what I'm saying is, I was like, oh, my net worth is like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I didn't. I had like eight thousand dollars. I'm like, what? But they didn't even look at it. So when I went back, I was like. My collateral is what you've already. That's already, a good selling point. Yeah, yeah. If you give me five hundred, <laughs> if you don't give me two hundred fifty more, to be sure you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose it all. <laughs> right. That's what I said. That's so a that, great selling point. That must have worked. And by the way, it did work. But I mean, now if you look back on it, that looks me makes me look like a jackass. But I wasn't kidding. You're 24 years old. I know. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Way your head and trying to open a, an also, all American at, restaurant. At 24 years old. I'm like, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? I'll just declare bankruptcy. Right. And, 24. you know, six or seven years from now, you know, I'll be working for the government. But you put it together and you made yeah. it work and almost instantly this place became a success. Yeah, and, I and I mean, you know, I remember being in law school and, and uh, you and I just have been out of touch a little bit. And then I heard you'd open up the restaurant and people were like, have you seen Tommy's place and this and that? And so I had to come down and see what was going on uh, and was just blown away by it, especially your ingenuity at such a young age. I mean, I was, look, I was you know, doing nothing, uh, yeah. you know, uh, hiding out in law school during a bad economy. Remember, that was even a bad economy back then. Yeah. And, and yet this immediately became a success because you had natural... Uh, growth based on Longwood University here, Hamden sitting here, Greenfront Furniture, which is right next to your beautiful address and your beautiful. I'm telling you, if here. I had not had to pay back the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, I would have at least seven hundred fifty thousand dollars right now. <laughs> Plus interest. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's what sponsorship costs, by the way. That's what he's talking about. So, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Just wanted to let you know. Tell the people that are listening that may be from this area or come to this area when they come to Charlie's Waterfront. Cafe, what kind of food? What what's your what's your what's your go to stuff here? Oh, I have no idea. I don't even go upstairs anymore. I mostly stay down here in the wine cellar. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, so I'm sorry, man. No, I look. I have restaurants of my own, and the reason I don't go in mine is because. When I walk into Faux Show to just check on my wife, five minutes later, I'm cooking chicken wings. By the way, doesn't it, like, when you go in, can you actually go to a restaurant without getting, like, not even one of yours, but every wife I've ever had, sorry, guys, and every girlfriend that I have or have had, they get so mad because I go into a restaurant that's not mine, and I just stare, I look at everything. I'm like, this is messed up. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? And you can't get away from it. No hairnet, no gloves, no this, no that. You can't get away from it. Look at that presentation. Look at this quality control. Look at this portion control. Yeah, all the time. My favorite, my least favorite thing ever, and we don't do this here at Charlie's, but is when you go to wine. Like, you go to get a bottle of wine. Now, I don't know if you drink wine, Hermie. I do not. I'm assuming you don't because your name is Hermie Sadler. But... I'm just saying. What does that, that mean exactly? Yeah. Well, I mean, because you're a racer and you'd probably drink. Well, beer. I don't. I do. Well, I'll drink a little Crown Royal with Bill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I make bad decisions. Um, <laughs> Me wait too. a minute. <laughs> Vodka Sprite is if I'm if I'm gonna have a okay. couple of drinks, I'll yeah. I'll do that. I'm with you. I, I'm not a. I'm not a. Just, I just don't have a taste for wine, but I'll drink yeah. most anything. Yeah. Now, when you get past the drinking part, I'm gonna have to leave y'all alone. But I'll, I'll have a beer with y'all or a... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just I saying that I... I professional I, stuff. So when you go and you buy... <laughs> like you go mean? and you buy... Like you go to, and I, you... I know how much wine costs because of the restaurant yeah. and the and the Virginia Hastings house. And then you go in a place and it's like, well, I know they paid $18 for this bottle of wine and they're charging me $93 for it. Then I immediately think to myself, what else are they screwing me on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just drives me insane. So up there, when we do... Was we charge double, minus a dollar, because 
at, at, out there, like anybody can see, since we're on Above radio. us at the Charlie's at the Waterfront Char- Cafe. Cafe. Sponsor of the so, Leaning Right Moments. I want people to have a good time. And so I always feel like if a couple comes in, they want a bottle of wine, and they don't feel like they're getting, you know, overcharged for it, then they'll come back. Yep. And that's the way to treat customers. Mm-hmm. Like, why do people constantly, restaurants and wherever it is, they constantly overcharge people because somehow their own incompetence about the rest of the business or that they, that's where they want to make their money. And to me, it's more about getting customers to come back over and over and over again. I'm sure in your businesses, Repeat. it's the same thing. You can advertise. Look, and the best advertising money you've ever spent Sorry. is sponsoring the Leaning Right moment. Absolutely. But in the restaurant industry, in a town like Farmville, like a town like Emporia, that's not necessarily on the interstate per se, word of mouth and your local people telling other people is 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 the best the best form of so tell me so tell me guys i mean i've got two restaurateurs here you guys are great businessmen what are the struggles that both you guys are seeing right now in today's economy high inflation coming out of a pandemic what do you guys see i was actually just going to ask hermy that so how are you doing with employees uh it's a struggle it's horrible right struggle and so now we're having to pay this is going to sound bad unqualified in some cases unqualified or inexperienced or untrained people larger sums of money um, to to do jobs, and we're having to pay more money to our people that have been with us a while to keep them. And food costs, as you know, I mean, yeah. every time it's either unavailable and or going up 2 3 4%, seems like every time we get an invoice. Yeah. So, um, and, and, we, and we operate like you do. I mean, we can't afford, we're in so many other businesses, we can't afford to, crush people when they come into a restaurant it's kind of an overall scheme of things you know we had a travel center and other things of that nature but it is tough you have to stay on top of it every day price wise labor wise we have to watch our overtime we're cutting back our hours we're closed sunday and monday to try to not pay the overtime and the other things like that but you really my wife i give her the credit she you know if i really paid my wife by the hour and she stays there probably 60 65 hours a week to make the small amount of money that we make is really just financially not worth it. But it fits into when you got a truck stop and you got truck drivers and you got trucks parked and you want to give them options of places to go and you want it to be a destination for them to buy fuel and buy potato chips and drinks and snacks and nabs. We've also got a Five Guys, Burgers and Fries. We've got Fosho, our sports bar. We've got a 24-hour truck stop restaurant. So it all has to work together. But I can honestly tell you, I've never been involved in a business that's more difficult to operate and make money with than the restaurant business. What about you, Tommy? I mean, you don't have maybe the, you know, Sadler's got a little tiny city there yeah, with a lot of different options. You're the still the only game in town when it comes to fine not, dining here. But we're not, Carmel. though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like in every time another restaurant opens up, I mean, there's restaurants on Main Street now. There's, you know, the, there's other Big rest- I mean, there are restaurants everywhere. When we opened, cuts the we were the only person. Smaller, yep, yeah. it's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit smaller. But the thing is, like, and this is what people don't get who don't have businesses like this. So let's say you were paying your headline cook $15 an hour. And now 
you have to hire a dishwasher who wants $15 an hour. And you can't find anybody else. Cannot. So when you hire the dishwasher at $15 an hour, the guy who— Cook's got to be 20. Yeah. He's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I can wash this for $15 an hour. I need more money. So it's just— and that's It raises every, everything Everything. Up. The inflation is insane right now. And nobody seems to give a red rat's butt anywhere. Like, it, you, people don't understand that the price of chicken or the price of pork, certainly the price of beef, has gone nuts. And they do understand when they go to the grocery store, but they don't want to come in and pay $18 for a hamburger. But that's what it's going to be. Right. It's like if you start paying everybody, and the whole minimum wage thing, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, it's a bunch of bull crap. Like, then, then don't come to work. Fine. I told Bill this because I spoke at some of those committees with the minimum wage thing because I'm not only got restaurants but convenience stores, all this other stuff. And, of course, I know certain people, legislators, want to be able to get on the front page of the paper and say, I got everybody $15 an hour minimum wage. But I said, we got to have a grace period. We got to have something because I don't know on day one, number one, I don't even know if that person's going to come back day two. Yeah. I don't know if this person can be trained, will be trained. Are they going to steal? Are they honest? All these other things. I said, at least give us a six-month period to get the person trained. To, But it doesn't work that way. First day off the street, to your point, and that raises every everything up. And I said, the rubber band has got to snap at some point yep. because we're it can't, it can't work long-term the way it's working well, now. Well, and I've worked minimum wage jobs all the way through law school. And you start out six twenty-five, but if you're worth your to, something to your employer, then they were going to pay you eight. I mean, that's how you start out. Not how you end. Day, now we're ending Tom, at those numbers. Tom, you probably feel the same way. I tell people, if you're working for somebody and you're a good employee and you come to work every day, if you've been working for somebody for a year or more and are still making minimum wage, you're working for the wrong people. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. however, that makes it tough because everybody thinks that. Minimum wage, you know, you can't pay, to Tom's point a minute ago, you can't pay the dishwasher off the street the first day 15 bucks an hour. It doesn't fix. It doesn't fit in the business plan for what all it takes to operate a business like that. And, and we in the government have done this to you. And, yeah. and, you know, they say everybody has to have a livable wage. Well, if you work hard, you're going to get to that livable wage. I started out that same way. Everybody starts out that same way. You always want to do better for yourself. That's the American way. It was the American dream. I have a solution. Why don't we make the minimum wage $100 an hour? Then everybody will be rich. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It was 7.25 a year and a half ago. Now it's 11.25. It's going to be 15. 15. Let's make it 100. We tried to stop that in the general assembly. They they wouldn't even do that. But I mean, let's make the it 100 dollars an hour. Everyone makes 100 dollars an hour. And then when you go to get a you know, hamburger, uh, one of your places, 35 dollars. Yeah, <laughs> shit, if you're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so why not? I, I mean, totally we're just, it's a random number. It's like when you change your oil and they say, it's 3,000 miles. Well, what kind of car do you have? doesn't matter. It's 3,000. What? That doesn't make any sense. Well, where, where do you drive? It doesn't matter. You have to change your oil every 3,000 miles. I always thought this is a random number, mm-hmm. like made up by somebody yeah. who's like, well, it's just easier if you're driving a Honda or a Ford or if you're in the city or if you're... 
it's three thousand. Yeah, like, same, same, eh, same thing it? with the minimum wage. It was a random number that they picked yeah, because ten ten dollars an hour is twenty thousand eight hundred per year, yeah. which puts you well above the poverty line. But that wasn't good enough. So you put fifteen. Now you're at thirty thousand some odd. And let me tell you something. My first lawyer job, I didn't make thirty thousand um, dollars. You know, I'll tell you what. I don't make thirty thousand dollars now. I mean, I was a lawyer with a lot of court. Okay, you're much better than me. No, what I'm saying is $25,000. <laughs> no, I mean, if you make a little over 30000 but I'm just saying, with what happens in the restaurant business, sometimes you're like, shit, I, I'm sorry. You're fine. You can't take a paycheck. Yeah. Because you got to pay your employees. And you're, and and you're so reinvesting you, your money in businesses like yeah, tomatoes and fungible items. Like $25,000 for a new HVA system. Like, wow. I mean, what? So who has to pay for that? Well, I have to pay for it. Right. It's so, but real, my employees still need to get their paycheck. Yeah. There's a real big disconnect between not all, but some legislators and how some of their policies really, where the rubber meets the road at the at the level that we're here. They don't they don't see all that. They don't hear it. They don't understand how difficult it is to to meet a budget, meet a payroll, all that. But the good news is now that you're the sponsor. <laughs> of the leaning right moment on business. Have I mentioned right. that right. I don't have any money at all, but okay. I mean, you're going to just be overrun with so. people that want to come in and pay above menu price for items when they come mm. in. Really? You think they'll do that? I sure they will. Right. When they when they find out you're with us, yeah. Okay. So we'll do like a promo code or something. Listen, I don't think there's anything uh, over code. menu price at this point. <laughs> because we've class. had to... Get you 10%. You know, uh, the menu price, I'm telling you, we've had to raise it Three times. I looked at your menu prices when I came in here, and they are less for an area like this than knowing me knowing mm. what food costs are. Mm. I think they're very reasonable, less than what I thought they would be for a location in a facility like this. Well, thank you very much. That's very I mean, nice I, of you to say. I, it is. I'm serious. But I'm telling you, man, like we try not to because it is Farmville, and no offense to Farmville. We, but, we joke, but like if we put a two in front of anything, it's like they look at you like you got three heads. Really? Hey. Yeah. It's always one Well, and and really margins uh, back when I was working in the restaurant business uh, with Richard Tappan and and certainly when we you and I were talking even back then the margins were 15 to 20%. If you were hitting 20% as your net, even your gross net, uh, you were in high cotton. You weren't you wouldn't be talking to me right now if we could hit 15 or 20%. Right. I literally our margins about 3. And that's if things are going well. Wow. So that means we have, you know, enough customers to fill the restaurant, pay our staff, and we make 3%, we're okay. 3%, that's less than what a realtor makes on a home sale. You need to go to school. Yeah, but I think a lot more and maybe attend those classes yeah, and get a real estate license. A real estate agent doesn't um, sell a house for lunch and dinner every day. <laughs> that's very true. So thinking about it like that, you know, the they, we're making money all the time. But we're not, though. And sometimes, yeah. like this recession that's coming, which... You know, you know. The bottom line is, and he and I both talked about it. The way some of the things that government is doing is they're forcing businesses like us to not be open. Yeah, yeah. For the full amount of time, and to to try to cut back on payroll, try to cut back on overtime, and that. Not to mention the regulations that government puts on. There should never be a time when the government is putting businesses in, in a position where they have to. It should be based on how well do you run your business. And it's not based on that right now in a lot of cases. And again, you always say that the free market system just doesn't seem to be at work here in the restaurant business, does it? Or hospitality. Well, you know, the free market system is great, and that's basically what America is built on. But 
now you have politicians yep. sticking their fingers into every little thing, every little thing. Like they stick their fingers in and like, oh, you're making money. So here's what you get to do. Right. Um, now you get to pay more taxes. Like the thing with the gaming stuff that yeah. you guys were talking or talk skill about games, occasionally. Yeah. Skill games. Like, wh- why would see, Hermie, you seem like a, more of a libertarian to me than a Republican <laughs> because you're free market. And I believe that's what everybody should be. Why would you give a red breath's butt if somebody decides to spend their money on a skill game? Why would you give a red rat's butt if somebody wants to play poker and lose all their money? Good for them. Or grow Fine. marijuana. Or, oh, did you just say grow marijuana? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's look, we're opening the door with, to okay, gambling. Okay, if we're going yeah. to open that door, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, that's I'll tell what you what, doing. I'm not for, you know, but you know what? If people want to do it, I'm fine. Let We're running out of ISIS and, and that we can tax and regulate. And so that's what I, Virginia has now done is is with gaming. Well, gambling, it's for certain people. Marijuana is the same thing because it really is only for certain people. It should be an, a free market system where gaming is available to the small business, to the little guy, as much as it is for the out-of-state casino. Same way with marijuana. If you're going to rip the Band-Aid off, then let Virginians participate in the free market system. There, there the you go. So why are there only four licenses for casinos in Virginia or three, whatever it is? It's, and it's that's ridiculously very, stupid. So why are there only sixty licenses? Started on the tax rate. Did they negotiate it versus what? Yeah, and why are there only sixty licenses for uh, marijuana dispensaries? Well, just, I think what you see is too many special interests. What you're seeing in gambling, what you're seeing in marijuana, what you're seeing in life, what you're seeing in all this stuff. Too much special interest gets itself involved in government, and government gets led by the nose to those special interests. But the problem is, is they diverge. They're conflicted. They are complicated and conflated, and the government ends up, when it has a good purpose, making a, a fruit salad out of everything that doesn't please anybody and hurts everybody, and that's what it is. But, Tommy, I think we need to have more conversations about All that, right. and Sorry, you're like man. the Socrates of fine dining right Yeah, now. whatever. You, you're somebody that I think we if need to If anybody ever hears this, I apologize, especially if it's anybody in my family. We're gonna, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to up your sponsorship of the Leaning Right moment. That way okay. we can give you a voice on a constant basis. I think what we should probably do is, since this is about an hour and 40 minutes for each of us, I'm traveling east, I'm moving right, you're turning left to come to Farmville. We ought to come back to Charlie's a little more often, and maybe we'll have you on more. Or maybe we'll have a better well. Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, that would be uh, that's yet to be seen. Of course, but. we have to have the government give us broadband. But we're going to take a break right now. Tommy Graziano, <laughs> All right, man. listen, Thanks. this is not Herman, the li- nice to th- meet you. look. Thank you, thank you for your support yeah. of the nice show. And this is the okay. first time that our audience is hearing about Tommy Graziano. Well, they've heard about you. Now they're hearing from you. What we have not gotten into is the winning Queensberry connection that you have with Hermie Sadler. We need to get to that. But we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back uh, with uh, with Ronnie and uh, and I'm... Ron Shirley, Lizard yeah. Licto. And I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm Leaning Right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm Turning Left. This is Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. We'll be right back. And also, I'm Tommy Graziano. I'm, I'm in the middle. <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> I don't know. 
NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. New Year's resolutions are just hard to keep up with, but saving money is easy at SaveWithConrad.com. Wouldn't 2022 be easier with lower monthly payments? Get the best rate you've ever had, pay off your credit card debt, and even get the cash you need right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to get started, and you can even skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at Exit 12, the Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on Exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's Exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pesamatic. I'm Bill Stanley, Virginia State Senator, and I'm Leaning Right. And I'm former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst Hermie Sadler, and I'm Turning Left. This is Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pesamatic. How you doing, Hermie? I'm doing great. What are you doing? I'm I'm sitting here right in our sponsored area. So wanted to prove to you that uh, that the sponsor for the Leaning Right moment actually existed. And so we're here uh, in the Virginia Tasting Cellar uh, down below Charlie's Waterfront Cafe. My sponsor for the Leaning Right moments in our podcast. So see, I deliver. You you want me to say that I'm still sponsor less on my turning left moment? Well, I thought we'd get to that, but if you want to jump right out in front, go ahead. Well, the, the guest I've got on this show today that I got who is a friend of mine. Yes. I figured I'd have him on the show for five minutes before I hit him up about being a sponsor on the turning left moment of the show, but I'll get to it. Okay. Oh, well, I want to see you close this deal. <laughs> Let's see if you're a closer. Look, we've had some great guests on the show, most of which are all uh, great friends of mine and my brothers and my family, and today's guest is no different. Uh, this guy, uh, what an interesting guy, interesting family, great family. Runs a great business. And for one point in time, Senator Stanley, several years ago, was the hottest thing going on TV. They had a show, Lizard Lick Towing, that my whole family watched religiously every week. We did, too. You watched it, too? Absolutely. Never missed that? It. Never missed an episode. Love the repo stuff. That was my favorite, especially when, like, they're getting chased. Well, a lot of people probably didn't know then and maybe still don't know now that this guy actually before, during, and after runs an actual repo and towing business. Isn't that why they call it a reality series? Because <laughs> it's real? 
<laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> as well. But special guest on the show today is Ronnie Shirley. Ron, I, man, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show. We got so much to get to. Um, known you a long time. We, um, you know, I really appreciate who you are, what you do, and it's an honor and our privilege, Senator Stanley and I, to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, it's my honor and it's, it's my privilege. And I'll be honest with you, the, the main reason I came on this podcast, which, you know, I thank the world of you and your family. I mean, you know that. I do. I mean, with the one flaw you have for your college team, we'll leave that over there. I totally but, you know, agree. Other than that, Here we go. Other, other, <laughs> other than that, I just want to know, and I've been dying to know, but I mean, it's, it's eating me like a bumblebee in a bucket of tar. I keep hearing you're going to run for state Senate in 2023. Are you running for Senate? Say what? We can't even get through one Hermes. segment of the show. This, Bill, you this great this guy, this 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 megastar is asking you a very important question, and I think he deserves an answer, doesn't he? Doesn't the world deserve an answer? The, the people that are listening to this podcast breathlessly waiting for that announcement? And he just asked you directly. We've been talking in hypotheticals up to this point, but now you're you're being asked by the great Ron Shirley a very direct question. Do you have a direct answer? I do not have a direct answer. I am what? taking it under advisement. Well, if look, I know a whole lot less than a southern end of a northbound donkey, but I know that you would make a phenomenal senator. I know your mind, I know your heart, and senator is where your seat needs to be. So you need to leave the driver's car seat and get into the senate seat. Ooh. That's just my opinion. Man, I like this. I like this a lot. Mm. Is, is any way we can? I mean, is this interview over? No, it's not. It's just oh. beginning. And just beginning. But I think we may circle back to this. Might circle back. Well. Yeah. Because if he can't sponsor your turning left moment, he can at least sponsor maybe your Senate seat with an endorsement. Yeah, your run. Well, that's that's a good throwback question. Would even though you do not live in Virginia, you have a lot of people, friends, and influence in Virginia. What are the chances of maybe I could get some type of a endorsement from uh, the man in charge at Lizard Lick Towing? We will be on it like a hobo on a ham sandwich. <laughs> I'm telling you, I get you. Look, I will. I will take temporary residency in Virginia for 30 days as long as we do it during deer season. Yeah, and oh, I will. Yeah. Go, I will go there campaign. I will endorse. I will raise money. I'll host fundraisers. I'll cook hot dogs. I'll run Saddler's Cafe for two days if you need me to, with wow. no charge. Hey, you mean you'll show up? Do you actually show up to work and come to yes, work? Yes, sir. Lock, lock. Long as you, long as you let, long as you let Haley work with me, show me what I need to do. I'm in. Hey, there you go, now Haley. But Ronnie, to be honest, that is a question that we get often. There is a Senate seat open in the Commonwealth of Virginia that just so happens to cover the district and area that I live in, Emporia and Greensville County. So Senator Stanley and uh, former Governor George Allen and some other people within uh, the Republican Party have we've talked about it, and uh, but we are not. We're not there yet. We're not <laughs> no, there yet. No, no, no. No, we're there. You're not there yet. I think I think Ronnie's there. I think the world's I think there. he'll be there. I, I think he'll be there. Yeah. I mean, well, the more important yeah. question is, what are the you know, I appreciate your support, but really what could be the big difference maker is Amy Shirley, because she is really she could probably put me over the top as far as you know, get, getting getting me where I need to go from an endorsement standpoint. I mean, you're big, Ronnie. You you the man. No, no. You the man. I'm, but I'm let's just be honest. Over. You just let's be honest. Amy, I don't want to steal Becky Lynch's thunder, but Amy is the man. 
<laughs> I don't disagree, bro. We call a firecracker for a reason. I, I can tell you this, bro. Amy would hang in there like a hair in a biscuit for you. And and I mean that, man. You know, it's uh, I'm not in the political world per se as far as running for, you know, I've ran for seats here and there, but I'm, I'm very involved politically in our community. And I'm going to tell you, man, we need people like you in the Senate, in the House. We need them on a, on a, on a state level, man, because that's where we're going to make changes. We can't really make changes on a national level, but so often, but on state level and local level, we can change, man, we can make dramatic changes, Bo, and you're that guy. I mean, I'm telling you, Bo, I, I'm behind you, man. I'm like a glue truck behind a three-legged racehorse. I got you. I'm on <laughs> You can say when. I'm there. Well, you've given me something to think about, and so for that, really, uh, I really. appreciate that. I can uh, work you over like three times a week on this stuff. Yeah. Can't move that. Cannot move that boulder up the mountain at all. Ron comes in here and within what three and a half minutes, I think we're getting ready to to announce. Aren't no, we? no, we're not getting there. We, we, we're on, we're man. considering it. Come on, man, just do it. You wanna, hey, you want to do a live on Facebook and TikTok tonight? I'll hook it up. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I'm in. No, okay. no. Uh, Come on, Hermie. But Rose. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, Ryan, we got a lot to get to. We want to talk about certainly your wildly famous television show. I want to. We want to talk about. Uh, what goes on today, how life is today for you and Amy and your family and your business. Um, but I want to, with your permission, uh, many people that ha- don't follow you or haven't followed you or your family closely, you guys suffered an unimaginable uh, tragedy back in February. Your son, Alex, uh, passed away. And um, I will give you cra- – first, I want to say I want to dedicate uh, this podcast and this show – to your son, Alex, with your permission. And I know this is a tough thing for you, but I also want to say before you say a word that I appreciate that you have, since this uh, horrible tragedy, you have taken your platform and who you are and what you are and tried to use it as a platform to try to create awareness, to try everything that you can to prevent that type of senseless tragedy happening to somebody else's kid. And so with a person with kids growing up in today's world and this time, and Senator Stanley has young kids as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Amen. I, I just, I appreciate the dedication and uh, I'll be honest, man, you know, it, uh, it's been a life changer, but I stand on Hebrews 11, one, I stand on, you know, a lot of things, a lot of our faith, the book Job, and I, I'm not, I'm not preaching. I'm just saying that's how we're getting through this. And, and my whole, and mine and Amy's, our whole theory is if we can change one life, if we can make one child's life different or one household different or save one person through his loss, then then it was worth every second of it. You know what I mean? I tell everybody, Bo, Jesus died for me and Jesus died for you. He died for just one person, one at a time. And, you know, if Alex's death can change a life, can help a kid, can help stop some violence, can get this senseless gang member stuff out of the way, man, then his life served a purpose. So he's in a better place. I'll see him again. I promise you that. Um, you know, I just hope that his story will change lives. And that's that's what we're geared for right now. That's where everything we got is geared for. So, you know, man, I, I just – I'm actually trying to witness to the two boys that shot him. And that's hard. <laughs> I mean, that's harder than nailing a raw egg to a tree. And I don't mean I'm anybody special, but you know what, man? I mean – they don't need my forgiveness. They need God's forgiveness. So I'll just leave it right there because that's who matters. So thank you very much for the dedication and thank you for just even remembering Alex, man. That means the world to me. So now let's talk about some fun stuff. Um, All right. 
your show, you guys, I guess the best way to say it, captured lightning in a bottle. And I mean, really and truly had took something that seemed so simple and it came across so good on TV and you guys captured a nation uh, there uh, in the first you know couple years of your of your show. Tell us as best you can what you remember. How did everything become come about? How did you end up with a TV show and what, in your opinion, made it so wildly successful uh, when it first started? Honestly, the way we got the TV show is, you know, Lizard Lick had a little bit of bravada. We uh, just there's a hog hollering championship in North Carolina every year. A what? And hog hollering championship. You know, uh-huh. sweet! <laughs> Hog-Holland Championship in Spivey's Corner. If you ain't never been, it's a world champion. Now, look, for Hermie, that's uh, when you go down to UNC and try to pick up, you know, a nice lady, right? Here we go. <laughs> hey, hey, look, we could get you some Virginia boats down there, too, because a lot of them guys run up out of Virginia. But, um, <laughs> yeah, they are. But, it, you know, so we, uh, the Hog-Holland Champion, two years in a row, was from Lizard Licks. He was on David Letterman. And then Nintendo came out here in the late 90s and released Yoshi's Story. So, you know, Liz Lick had a little background, but um, the way we really got on TV, in all honesty, is because of Amy, you know, my wife. I mean, now, I love my wife, and I'm scared of my wife, and I mean both of those sincerely. So, you know, I got a wife that's a uh, mixed martial arts fighter. She's a world champion power lifter. She's a licensed mortician, and she's a mother. Wow. She's also Cherokee, Irish, and redheaded. She will put a rattlesnake in your pocket and ask you for a light. I promise you, you know, <laughs> she's that woman. But uh, she had won a world championship, and and uh, Wife Swap came out, and they wanted to put us on Wife Swap, and that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. Once they saw my record, of course, I do repos for a living, so I don't have any major crimes. But I mean, you know, I do get in a fight occasionally with a dog, a cat, maybe a bush, and uh, so we couldn't do Wife Swap, and Amy didn't want to do it anyway. She said, "Ain't no woman raising her kids." And, so we turned them down, and they came back and said, well, look, let us just film y'all. And they, they had a guy that was down here for one day. That was it. He went to the funeral home for four hours, came to Lizlick for four hours, and uh, one shotgun blast, wet britches, and a plane ride later, we had a TV show. It was all Amy. <laughs> wow. Uh, you can't beat that. Seriously. I mean, that, that's you uh, you know, a mortician, MMA champion, yes, sir, and a mortician. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and a world champion powerlifter. Look, at 148 pounds and 23 years old, and they do kilo plates. Mm-hmm. She squatted 551, benched 353, and deadlifted 450. One meat. 148 pounds. So you just totally give in at this point. You just, whatever she says goes, right? I mean, that's there's just no competing she, that. When she, when she comes home and says she's hungry, I don't say me too. I head to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I break the pans out. So, Smart guy. So you, they come down and they start filming, but you had to get from there to some type of a formatted TV show. So how, how involved were you in that process? You know, to be honest with you, we're probably one of the only reality shows when it first started that had no script. We had no, it was get in the truck and film us for the first two and a half years that we filmed. What you saw was what happened. And so honestly, I believe that we had great characters and it was just us. I mean, as far as who you saw on TV is who we are. We, we don't put on an act. We're not Tom Cruise. I don't make Mission Impossible money. You know, Bobby's nutting a squirrel turd and Juicy's crazy as crack house rat. Amy is who Amy is and you, me and the chemistry was there. The comedy was there. And the big thing is, you know, we always had some kind of conflict. We always had some kind of conclusion. And 
uh, I tell everybody, God put us here and fans kept us here. And people just, I think, related to the fact we were real. They'd come down here and see us. We were who we were. We look how we look, you know, and we were always doing repos. I mean, you come down here any day of the week, somebody's getting their head busted open or car dragged through the lot or somebody's letting a dog go in the office, you know. And uh, I think people relate to real. And I think that's what the reality TV show and industry was missing at the time is there was no reality. So, you know, that's, that's how we got it. Now they said uh, every, you know, in its description, I was looking at lizard lick towing and the first, you know, we watched you on TV all the time. And I used to see your, your uh, trucks out in front of Martinsville speedway, actually parked right up there close to Martinsville speedway. And, and uh, the one thing I saw more people doing was they were sitting in front of that truck, taking their picture. I mean, when the selfie was coming about, and everybody was getting their picture in front of, of your tow trucks. But now they said they said in this description that you were a real repo company, but every episode contained scripted reenactments of true stories. Yeah. Um, but some of that stuff was just plain crazy. I mean, I mean, if if, if it really it, happened as it happened, um, I want to come down to Wendell, North Carolina, because that place <laughs> is crazy. First. We filmed for almost six years, and the first two and a half years, it was never a reenactment, I promise you. And I will tell you this, if you ever saw blood on our show, and I mean this, it was not fake blood. We were <laughs> bleeding. There wow. was never a show in any episode that we had fake blood. So the problem got to where once the show really started taking off, because in the end, I think it was, and we're, keep in mind, we ain't famous. We're infamous. There's a big difference. Famous people don't work on weekends, okay? I mean, I'm just telling you, famous <laughs> people don't work on weekends, so we're infamous. So you don't but, work on a um, weekend, huh, right, Herm? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, he's on, he's, he works every weekend. You know, Herm, that's a workaholic. He's in that business. But um, but honestly, you know, it, it's in 16 countries, six languages. And what happened is the show blew up so big so fast that, honestly, people started trying to hurt us and, and started trying to act out scenes when we would go do repos. So year one and two were, as you saw it, year two and three were about 50-50. So about 50% of what you saw was what happened. And about 50% of what you saw was reenactment stuff that we had done in the past that we were reenacting. And then years five and six were pretty much 80, 20, because it got to the point where we couldn't do a repo. And in all honesty, you try to go do a repo, you'd have some guy come running out with a flamethrower, two chickens and want to drive his truck through the yard over time. I mean, it was just crazy. You want to get on TV. Like they all want to be on TV. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the safety thing was just getting out of hand. But, you know, um, the show opened so many doors for us. It's unbelievable. But we, we've always been huge racing fans. Um, you know, I've always been more of a dirt track guy. Amy's always been in the NASCAR, which I love NASCAR. Um, man, I love truck racing. I mean, I, anything that goes around in a circle, I've always been for. Um, so, you know, we got to meet a lot of great people. That's how we met, you know, Mr. Sadler, Mr. Hermie, Mr. Elliott. You know, the, the coolest of all the Sadlers, though, is his daddy. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Senator. <laughs> if you ain't met his daddy, that oh, man is country as a baked bean sandwich. And I'm <laughs> telling you now, Wild Bill Hickok could have never made a dime if Mr. Sadler had been alive in the 1800s. That man would have been the Buffalo King. That's totally a shooting fool right there. Everything's, oh, good. So. Everything's good with Herman Jr. until you get this. Yeah. You get to... <laughs> Glasses pulled down and get to, what are you thinking, son? Yeah, one of them. So far, he's been really nice to me, but it's because I've been victorious in court for him. So as long as I'm winning, I hey, think I'm going to be doing okay. Ronnie, funniest thing, and I probably shouldn't say this, probably going to get in trouble for it, but the coolest thing that Bill will say that my dad has ever done, you may not realize this, Ronnie, and may probably hadn't kept up with it, and if not, I don't blame you, but Senator Stanley and I last June filed a lawsuit against the governor of Virginia, the 
um, Attorney General of Virginia ABC. and Virginia ABC as it relates to government overreach into um, small business. Well, at one of our court hearings last year, the court hearing, <laughs> the main court hearing where we got our injunction to overturn a law in Virginia so that truck stops, convenience stores, and restaurants could operate their skill games that we felt like should have been operating lawfully the entire time. We were at this court hearing, took a recess, and we're all standing out in the waiting area. I'm actually talking to the two attorney generals who were against us in the case, trying to see if we can negotiate something. And your father walked by, I mean, nonchalant, never missed a beat, and crop dusted he us. He crop dusted the whole <laughs> waiting area of the courthouse. The loudest part. Attorney General, I mean, one of them walking farts. I mean, like, it know? was, yeah, it was, it was continuous. It was about four steps. And, you know, he walks kind of slow. And and we were having this intense conversation. Everybody just kind of stopped. And we see him walking by, and it's still going. And then and then I swear if I'd said, uh, Mr. Sadler, did you just – he'd say, what are you talking about? No way. I mean, act like nothing happened. We even were looking at each other like, you know, with the assistant attorney general. Go, did we just hear what we heard? I mean, did that happen? So to break up the monotony of the – He did a great job. Negotiation, we waited uh, about five minutes to walk through the door, though, to make it clear. <laughs> Had to clear out a little bit there, but it was funny. Hilarious. See that that don't surprise me because that that you know what the the, the old timers the true the true patriots of America the true guys like that oh they're not scared they they they're gonna be who they are and Mr. Sadler he was that man I, every time I've ever met him he said what he thought he said it kindly but he said it you knew when he was serious he knew when he was joking they won't know. They won't know turn on the fence post with Mr. Sadler. Yeah, he wasn't holding he wasn't holding one back in front of the AG's office or the senator who happened to be this lawyer. <laughs> he just let it rip. Never missed a beat. Never. I mean, it was most amazing. If I can do that one day without cracking a grin or a smile or giggling. That's the worst part. All of us over there crying, laughing in the courtroom. My dad is like, who? What, what's wrong with y'all? What are you doing? What's wrong? Hey, uh, so uh back to the show. Do you have a do you have a show that was your favorite or one that was most memorable for you uh, all these years later? Um, you know, there were so many good ones. I mean, honestly, there were so many. We had so much fun in. Probably, honestly, probably my favorite was when I repoed Amy's Cousins. It was a real one. And uh, I ain't going to say I didn't like them. I'm just going to say if one of them caught on fire, I try to put them out with darts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so it's not that I don't like them. I just, you know. I'm glad to hear. I'm not, don't, I'm not the only one with family members like that. So we got, yeah, we got so that they, bond. Yeah. Me neither. You know, that, I mean. Like my family tree is very broad. Amy's family tree don't have many branches on it. That's the problem. Right. And, uh, so you know they're one of them straight up and down ones. And I remember repoing their car and we put it on TV and it, it caused me about six months worth of headache with the entire family. But it was worth every minute of it just because they needed it. I'm just they're the, they're the ones that always get over on the older folks. They you know I just that one just always was special to me because it was just who it was. So you know. And I, I enjoyed that. There were so many that we have fun with. And I remember y'all did something one time with Austin and Ty Dillon. I know the two Dillon brothers, oh, I think. Didn't y'all do something with them one time? Look, we went up there. Elliot pranked uh, Elliot pranked old Austin. And uh, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. He, You know, Elliot was doing an interview with Austin. And, and uh, it was supposed to be a big, legitimate thing. They had this newscast in there. And so we pull up to repo Austin's car. And... Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, Elliot was interviewing Austin. Well, Elliot interviewed. Hermes. Yeah, I Elliot remember y'all went at, at, at Dylan's, yeah. Richard Childress's barn or something. I just remember seeing it. Yeah, we yeah. went to barn. So, anyway, so we're going to repo it. Elliot setting everybody up. I mean, it was hilarious. The only person that didn't know was Austin Dillon. So, we're out there towing his car. This mug goes inside and gets a rifle 
<laughs> like a real, a real rifle? Yeah, we had to stop filming because this mug said, y'all might take a lot of things out of here, but y'all ain't taking my truck. <laughs> Elliot's like, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> I'm like, Elliot, you better step on in here because I don't think he's playing today, bro. He's not playing. <laughs> but he, uh, they were, man, I'm going to tell you, it's Elliot, we had such a great time. Mr. Childress, I, I will tell you a quick story if you want to hear one about Mr. Childress. I love to. Please. So I'm standing on the stage in Pocomo, and it's uh, Vanilla Ice. Bobby, me, and Mr. Childress. I'll never forget it. What a Second combination. <laughs> there you go. We And they were giving Mr. Childress some big award. And we were on the stage where you had to come out and shake, the driver shake everybody's hand. And, you know, Mr. Childress and Bush got just a little bit of history. Everybody yeah. knows. And you talking, uh, right you talking about the Hold My Watch episode? Well, Mr. Childress told, <laughs> Mr. Childress told me before Bush come out, he had his little plaque. He said, uh, I'm getting ready to do something out here on this stage. And if he rears back at me, I want you and Bobby to knock him out. And I said, I thought he was joking. I said, Mr. Childress, you joking? He said, son, I will pay every lawyer bill you have, and you won't never work again if you take care of me. I said, Mr. Childress, I'm ready to pull time. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Childress, whatever you say. So, so Bush, they all out there, and Bush walks out there, and Childress takes this trophy in his hand and hits Kyle right between the legs in his racing suit. He didn't do that. I promise you he did that. On national TV on Pocomo, go back and watch the video. It might have been Vanilla Ice almost snorted snot through his ears. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And all Bush could do was go to the next guy. He's like, couldn't even shake hands in. You know, he's all trembling. <laughs> and Mr. Childress, that mug was grinning like a baked possum. I have never in my life. <laughs> he was so funny. And I was like, yep. We're going to jail today. I'm, yeah, he, I'm glad now that I know senators. You know, next time I'll have let that happen in Virginia, then I might get out of it. It might be easier if you know two. Yeah. You know, not just one. <laughs> we, no, we, but we, you got we, one we, as a friend now. You may need two, uh, yeah, two senators, but, depending look, on what you want to do. Hermie's got a better chance of winning the lottery without buying a ticket than not running for Senate. I already know he's there running. Go. He just got to announce it. Hmm. He just got to announce it. That's all. This is powerful. Yeah. Powerful. You, you know, all the stuff you say about. Uh, your wife, Amy, and you listen to what she says, and she's always right and all that. I got the same problem with my wife. So I've got to sell her on the fact that I got to make her think that she thinks this is a good idea. Now, there's no question when it relates to Senate, we both know on a serious note that we need some change. Yes. You know, in, in Richmond and just like y'all need in Raleigh and other places, I mean, the world has gone crazy. Mm-hmm. So we know we know we need some change. But I also understand, you know, and Ronnie, you, you've known us long enough to know and did a lot of this yourself. I spent about 30 years of my life on the road, and I missed a lot of my daughter, you know, my oldest daughter, Cora, who you know. You went to see her cheer a couple of football games between the Wolfpack and the Tar Heels and all that. Who do you root for? That's a, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> we'll get to later. <laughs> Um, there you go, Wolfpack. <laughs> but, you know, I missed a lot of things that my oldest daughter did. I missed a lot of her cheering for UNC. And then, you know, uh, I've got a, my middle child, Haley, that Ronnie mentioned. You know, she has autism. And so uh, I really put a lot of burden on my wife and my other two daughters at the time when I was gone out working. So uh, I would just simply say that I do do understand and realize that I'm hopefully needed. And I think I certainly think that I could make a difference. It just boils down to uh, my family is going to have to get in behind me and support me to do it because, it, it, as you would know, too, Senator, it takes a lot of time. It does. Not only during the 60-day session, but, I mean, it's a, 
They say it's yeah. a part-time job, but it's a full-time gig. It well, in yeah, addition to your full-time job. If you're going to do it right, you got to do it right, and you've got to put the hours in. But you know, I run a business, and it does take a lot. Um, the great thing that you have, and and Ronnie, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you know, Emporia is like an hour or less from the capital, so you can turn around and go home every evening. Now I'm three but hours from the capital. You're not going to let me do that because every time I go with that now. <laughs> You get the little crown world working, <laughs> crown roll about five thirty when I'm trying to go home, and you're like, just just one drink. That's when some of your best legislative one work drink. can be happening. I mean, when you're, you know, I I came up with some of the best bills I ever had with a cocktail in my hand. Ronnie, I will say I, this. I, let me let me say this. We decided, Senator Stanley and I, as a team, that we were going to sue Governor Northam, and when we decided to do this, we were on the patio at Bill's condo in Wintergreen, Virginia. Mm-hmm. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, more like 3. but Closer to 3. And in the middle of our conversation, this is how bad it had gotten between two adults. We were trying to safely capture a mouse with a pot and a colander. <laughs> it was cute. It had I mean, big I, black eyes and big ears, man. It was really cute. You couldn't I mean, it. two grown men, <laughs> Hermie Sadler and Bill Stanley. We, I'm, this is a true story. <laughs> Lightning strike me if I we on the patio at Bill's condo three o'clock in the morning talking about suing the governor when we decided we both thought we saw a mouse yep. but we weren't real sure we were seeing a lot of things and some of it was blurry and next thing I know me and him are both down on all fours and Bill's in there <laughs> with a pot in the condo like come here come here like it was a dog or come something here, mousey yeah come here Mickey yeah. Well, good thing you ended that story because if you had ended it, or the, this conversation broke up with you and I were on all fours on the ground and we didn't finish, that would be kind of a little uncomfortable. No, it was, it was, was the whole thing was uncomfortable. Yep. It was a cute but My point is, getting back to, I kind of got off the train is off the track. But if I were at Richmond for a 60 day session, you would not let me go home because sometimes when you have a drink or two, I turn into your whoopee. <laughs> well. I mean, look, we well, can look. solve the world's problems when we do it. So why don't we do there at Richmond with your name, Senator Sadler. Yeah. Sadler Senator. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Look, just tell your wife, though, at least once a week, if she needs me to, I'll come tow you home. There you go. <laughs> Pull a small feet. Um, no, I won't even charge. No, you got to charge. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about, protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance, super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. 
There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer. Give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure that we are the lawyers that you swear by and not at. Actually, my buddy Rilo, you know, Chris Rylands has got a towing company in Emporia. I think y'all have talked some over the years. Uh, his, he told me things have gotten so bad and fuel is so high, he's gone from a small fee to a moderate fee in the towing business. Look, I'm going to tell you the truth. It, it's, I don't know what it is in Emporia right now, but our diesel here is averaging about 5.19 a gallon. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it's, you know, it, it, it's probably the worst I've ever seen it. I mean, it really is. It's, the towing industry right now is the worst I've ever seen it, but – it's all I know. I mean, I've done three things in my life. I've picked tobacco, I've roofed houses, and I've towed cars. I ain't picking no more tobacco, and I ain't roofing no more houses. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. When you pull tobacco, you decide to go And I was thinking about trying to find somebody to replace my shingles. And damn, I thought I had somebody. <laughs> oh, I, I can look. I can hook you up. It just ain't going to be a hookup with me. I get you. Look, I get you. I get you Angie's list number, Craig's list number. I'll hook you up. You <laughs> I ain't going to be on your roof. Look, I'm going to ask you something. Uh, I've never asked you this uh, personally and certainly not publicly, but one more question on the show. Uh, I consider you to be a good friend. You also know that I have been friends over the years with Bobby Brantley, who was on your show there for a couple of years. And, but there was a time when the show went sideways that, and maybe it was just me on the outside looking in. Y'all didn't see eye to eye. And I was trying to, on both ends of the yeah. of the rope, I was talking to you to try to mediate with him. I wanted him to mediate with you because I felt like, you know, y'all do your own thing and are both successful in your own rights without each other. But I kind of felt like maybe if y'all could bury the axe or tear the wall down that y'all could do some more things together. I don't even, I have no idea what y'all's status is now, but I'm just curious for what you can tell us on this show what happened? Why did it happen? You know, and how how do you guys stand uh, now in 2022? I can tell you, I don't know why it happened. I'll never know why it happened. I mean, I guess everything, you know, I tell you. I tell and to be, and to be perfectly thought, honest, I never I, ask you and I never ask him. I, yeah. Um, I don't know why it happened. I really don't. I can tell you that I believe everything that happens in our life brings us to the point we're at today. Yep. And had it not happened, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. And, you know, and I believe we're where we're supposed to be in life. I mean, I just, I, that's how my belief is. So I don't know why it happened. I don't question why it happened. Um, and I'm not going to lay the blame on Bobby. Um, I'm not going to lay the blame on me. I'm just going to say that Bobby made some choices in his personal life that he felt was best for his advancement of his personal life. 
uh, new wife, new direction. Uh, some of the choices he made, I just did not feel like I wanted to go down that road. I'm not saying they were right or wrong. I'm just saying we came to a crossroads and Bobby chose to go one way and I chose to go the other. You know, looking back, I, I hate it happened. You know, Bobby and me, we was tied on a frog's tail and that's watertight. Um, we haven't spoken in years. However, we have a lot of friends in the same circle. So, and I knew back then what you were doing. I mean, I, I knew, man, you, you had a heart. You've always cared about people. So, you know, I could read under, I could read under the, the, the headings and uh, I just, honestly, man, it just, when something happens in your life that, that changes you so dramatically, sometimes it's for good, sometimes it's for bad. Uh, I wish Bobby the absolute best in his life. He has a little, another look, another youngin. That's, uh, he had one pass away when he was younger, but mm. now that's his fifth youngin that's still living. Um, he's married, he's happy, he's living in Kenley. Um, man, I wish Bobby the best. I hope that, you know, he finds all the joy in life he wants. I hope that he, you know, his dreams to get back up on TV. I mean, I hope that mug just blows up by like a bunch of dynamite in a room with a monkey and a blowtorch. I mean, I really do. I just, I hope Bobby does the best he can. I wish the best for his family. Um, sometimes I just think that it's best to not revisit past decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just, I will, will I ever film with Bobby again? No. Will Bobby ever film with me? Probably not. Can we get along? Yeah, we could get along. It's just, you know, it's just, it's better for us to be friends than it is for us to be partners. If that sure. makes sense. Yeah, sure. I understand. And, uh, I mean, I do, I, I, I value what we had. I always have fond memories. I don't remember the bad times and, uh, you know, moving forward. It's just, you know, Scars are just tattoos with better stories. And I, I live my life like that. I, I'm full of scars. Scars of the heart? Well, sometimes those stories you just don't want to go back through. Me and Bobby left a lot of scars on each other's hearts. And brothers do that. So, you know, I, I don't ever foresee us getting back together as a TV show or anything else. But, you know, I, I'm not going to say we ain't going to sit down one day, eat a steak, and laugh about all this. So that's where we're at. Well, man. if y'all decide I, I to do, do that, will y'all invite me so at least I can – be a part Are of you it. gonna pay? You buy sure it? I am. Sure I am. <laughs> can we eat at Saddlers? No, we don't. We, if we, we can eat at Saddlers. I, 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 we need Saddlers. I might call Bobby next week and no, we can announce no, because a because if we for a steak, if we eat at Saddlers or Fo Show, just like if we at Lizard Lick and your phone's ringing every three minutes while we're trying to do a podcast, if we eat at Saddlers <laughs> or Fo Show, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to get up, and go wash a dish, or cook a steak, or do yeah. something. We need to meet somewhere kind of uh, in the middle so we can sit down and, and enjoy yeah. a meal. I got it. I know exactly where to meet, man. I seriously, I know where we can all meet. Yeah. yeah. I think the kickoff game is September 11th at uh, over there at Carter Finley. Now I'm not allowed to go we into Carter Finley no more. Why is what? that? They don't allow me in Carter Finley no more because last time I went over there, I carried you with me on the Carolina sideline wearing a Carolina jersey, an uh, overcoat, uh, and then, you know, go up and down. The sideline telling all the coaches and everybody that you're an NC State fan, and I got you on the Carolina sideline standing right in the middle of the field <laughs> and doing all that. So I got, I got Mr. James Sperling, uh, he uh, he uh, suspended me for 15 years from the Carolina sideline. Good job, Ronnie. Don't feel bad because. Look, I got texts and emails for three months from every state football player and state wrestler. <laughs> I promise you, man, did I really just see a picture of Lizard Lick in a Carolina? Yeah, I lost the bet to Hermie. I had to fill my <laughs> this guy. This guy, just for you, to, just for the record, it's a friendly thing. But this is one of the biggest NC State fans that I've ever been around. Look, 
basketball has not been their sport, but when they when they beat Carolina in tennis or water polo or um, what's that little game where you, you take out, you take out golf tees out you take golf tees out of a thing and try to get down to one whatever that thing yeah every time State beats Carolina and anything of like that he gonna text me did you see this did you see that did you see this but I don't remember all the the bet we had or what happened but I did take him to Carter Finley Stadium Cora was cheering and we were not only on the sidelines but right in the middle of the field at Carter Finley Stadium. With this ugly son of a gun, that had a, a North Carolina pullover on, and I know he was embarrassed, but he did it. Hey, 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 Ron, hey Ronnie, did you ever oh, talk? Oh. How did the national championship basketball game work out, Ronnie? Have you have you asked him about that? Didn't we have a national championship NCAA you know, Final see, Four championship game? See, when you, are you asking look, me? Are you asking me to ask Ronnie look, how did NC State do? No, you, no, no, no. Well, I'm asking see, you to talk to you about your team look, when you're. When you're a state fan, you can't talk basketball with Carolina fans ever. Really? Because as soon as I say, how did they do? I'm going to hear, well, did state even make the NIT? See, I know that. <laughs> so we could talk about how state finished fifth in the nation in wrestling this year. I mean, you know. Yeah. And we could talk about how the women's basketball team made it to the eight. And I mean, I can tell you what a baseball and softball team are, but basketball? Nah, man, I'm a Carolina smoke <laughs> what, what do you say? You, you hate pick, and, pick and choose your battles, right? Hey, look, no, I, I will tell you this. You can't spell the word Duke without UK. I was so glad that Carolina beat Duke in the Final Four. I, I was cheering for Carolina, something I said I'd never do. Wow. But I was cheering for Carolina. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm like, look, if we're going to have it, I'd rather be a Tar Heel. Than and the good news is your, your man Kevin Keats got about another 10-year extension. So, uh, Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, I did know, believe it or not, I did know about your lawsuit last year. Though. Did you? I kept up with that. Yeah, yeah. I watched. I you posted a lot of stuff. You tagged a lot of stuff, and I, I knew you were going to win that lawsuit, Bo, because look, you stubborn as a harness government mule, and I knew you weren't going to give up. I knew no, it. Tell me about I it. I knew you won't give it up. Tell me about it. Let me tell you about how many phone calls I get at night. What about this? What are we going to do about this? You got to call this guy. Got to do this thing. Got to do this. But he was right, well, and it know, was worth the fight. As you well know, uh, it's a shame it got to that point as far as the lawsuit, but Senator Stanley and I on December the 6th, were able to single-handedly, not single-handedly, our team mm -hmm. was able to go in on December the 6th and get an injunction that helped not only us, Ronnie, but hundreds of small business owners and operators across the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. And I'm talking about ones that, and you probably know some of them, that operate little hole-in-the-wall restaurants or taverns with one machine that yep. that three $400 a month in the middle of a pandemic with all these other things going on has enabled them to remain in business yep. and keep yep. operating. And let's be honest, right and right is wrong and wrong is wrong. You may not have any interest in playing a game of skill. I don't even play them myself. But the government has no right to come tell us that you can't operate, but this guy can. Just like you wouldn't like it if somebody came up and pushed up a tent beside you down in Lizard Lick and said, okay, these people went to the General Assembly they can tow trucks, but Ronnie can't. You know, the free market system should be alive and well all day, every day, regardless of where you live or what business you're in. And ultimately, although we're talking about games of skill, the free market system is what we're fighting for for small business. And this message is already helping lawsuits in other states, yep. people doing different things. And, you know, we're going to continue to fight until we get what we think is justice for all small businesses. That, that, that's the catch is nobody, you know, you find so few people that's willing to fight for the little man anymore. And I mean that. Yeah. 
you know, we, you know, me and Amy, we, we own this business. We're nothing major, you know, so we were on TV. Being on TV don't make you no more important than being born in the oven makes you a biscuit or being born in a garage makes you a BMW. And I mean that. We just, we're a small organization. We're a mom and pop shop. My daddy runs a mom and pop shop. My brother runs a mom and pop shop. And nobody wants to fight for the little man anymore. So anytime you see anybody that's willing to go out on a limb and say, hey, we're going to fight for the little man, that's the people you need in leadership. And that's the people you need to make a difference because your one lawsuit changed all of Virginia. It did. And, you know, and, and I mean this sincerely, you, you know, people ask me all the time, how can one person make a difference? I'm like, have you ever stood under oak tree and held an acorn? Just go under oak tree and hold an acorn and tell me how that makes a difference. Because just because you're an acorn don't mean you can't turn into an oak. And that oak supports thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So, and- you know, man, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I was 100 percent. I don't live in Virginia, but I wish I would come to North Carolina and implement that because here, here where I live, we can't tow out of Raleigh unless we have a lot in Raleigh. Doesn't matter if you're 200 feet from the line. Unless you have a lot in the city of Raleigh, you're not supposed to tow out of the city of Raleigh. Now, how is that possible? Give if me you call, break Ronnie. down in Raleigh, and you, <laughs> I'm saying, I will. I'm saying if you break down in Raleigh and you live in Wendell, I'm not supposed to tow you. What, that, what sense is that? That, that, that makes no sense. Look, the, the again, biggest, that's like giving up. The biggest frustrating thing for me is the business that my father built, like the business that you built and your brothers and your dad was built on the free market system. People should be able to spend their money where they see fit and get the service that they see fit. And the government gets involved too much in too many different things. And a lot of it, unfortunately has to do with influence and lobbyists and other things that get, you know, get uh, tied up there in the general assembly and we're fighting hard against it. But Hey, uh, what other thing before we let you go, do you still operate? Do you still um, have souvenirs and anything related to the business? And if so, how can people get a hold of you or get a hold of, you know, seeing the merchandise you have and those kind of things? Because I still have my Lizard Lick towing uh, pullovers and shirts, and I wear them about every week when I walk and do those kind of things. So it, it, do you still do those kind of things? And if so, how can people reach you? Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? <laughs> But and look, we need to get you. I got to get you the new merch, and I got to get Senator Stanley some merch. I can see y'all down, in. you know, not one of them non-suiting tie days down there when y'all having your sixty-day session, walking there with some. We gonna get licked today. We gonna lay it down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, that'd be perfect. Look, it's, it's, look, God is so great to us, and I mean it sincerely. We're still doing meet and greets. I got a meet and greet this weekend in Tennessee. Next weekend, I'm speaking at a church, a wrestling event. We got Hazard Fest, Bigfoot. I mean, we're doing events all over the country, which is unbelievable. That just tells you what great fans we have, because that's not because of us. I mean, that's that's God and fans. That's 100%. So, mm-hmm. LizLickTowing.com is our website. Anybody ever wants to go to it, you ain't got to buy nothing. Drop us a line. Wait a minute, I'm gonna out, say, you know. say it slow. Now, I was on TV for 20 all years, right. and they always told me, you talk too fast. You talk too – I'm like, I'm trying to call Look. a 12-second pit stop. But well, – LizardLickTowing.com. That's go. it. Lizardlick. But look, that's got all our social media on it, too. You know, we're on TikTok now. We do a lot on YouTube. I mean, I love TikTok. If you ain't watched our TikTok, I'm going to tell you, you'll be laughing like a hyena watching hippies hula hoop at a hemp fest. I promise you. <laughs> we have the, me and Amy do the craziest stuff on TikTok. Oh, and I'm going to watch that tonight. We have a ball. It's, you know, so just go to our website. But now, nah, look, I, and I mean this, if you do decide to run, I do anything I can to help you. I know you will. You, you I know you no, will. I appreciate saying, that. You wanted a few in my life that have always been straight up. You never cut no corners. You spoke it like it was. You know, you come from a family that speaks like that, and that's what we need, man. Yeah. We need more people like y'all. If, I wish we had people like y'all in Wake County, North Carolina, because I'm going to tell you what, but 
around here, you might as well have a pregnant pole vault or a rubber pole and just hope for the best. That's how it is. <laughs> now, look, That's Ronnie, I remember in some of my favorite shows where when you guys went down to, like, Louisiana, the Big Easy, you were down there in New Orleans, and I remember uh, – you were going to get a fan boat one time and ran into some swamp people, and it was a hilarious episode. I think it's the first or second season. But if I want to go back and relive the glory of that series, is there a way that I could find that on the Internet or one of them Discovery Channel Plus or History Channel Plus? What, is there a way that we can go see those again? If you, I'll be honest with you. I've noticed lately that they have now allowed all the episodes on YouTube, so you can view them free. Um, okay. You know, Amazon sells them, but – um, YouTube has every episode, full episodes, commercial free. We've been watching them on YouTube TV, which is what I have. Okay, you know, so I don't, I don't. But I, I can buy a YouTube box TV. set. I can buy a box set from Amazon too. Amazon's got all the box sets Perfect. and everything, you know. And, Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it's just, if you we, haven't we, seen love, it, go I'll get it. I love Louisiana now. That that was some. That was them a, people down there, you talk about backwoods. I learned a whole lot of stuff down in Louisiana. That buddy. was a bunch had, of funny I, episodes. <laughs> bunch of funny so episodes Senator, down there. Senator, real quick, who's sure. your college team? Uh, well, I'm, we're actually in Farmville, Virginia. I went to Hamden Sydney College, which is a, a Division three school, all male uh, college. All right, yeah. So, so I don't have, you know. So we didn't like UVA, we didn't like Tech, we didn't like UNC, we didn't we didn't like anybody because, yeah, we liked Sweetbriar, which was the women's school about an hour away. That's right. They had the greatest teams, and uh, and then so so I, you know, all this kind of. I don't know, huffy puffy stuff about your big, you know, University of North Carolina stuff just kind of goes over our heads. But see, my problem is now, Ronnie, is that my good friend Hermie here, his daughter went to Randolph Macon College. And if there is one bitter rival, one enemy of the Hampton Sydney College, it is Randolph Macon. And now, now she's I on have a softball team, right. freshman playing well. She's yeah, they're well. like ranked what, sixth in the nation? They're ranked number six in the country and like 26 and five. And Naomi's had a. A great year. I had to get a plug in there. So for yeah. So I will text him. I say, well, he, he'd be. At, I'd. I'd be. We have a race team. So I'd be at the race, and I'd say he'd have a softball game. And I'd say, well, good luck to her and her team. I guess you know because I, I, I hate. It, but I've kind of gotten it straightened away where I can root for her because we didn't have a women's softball team. We were all male. So I think I'm okay. But when it comes to football, that would be the same as state and UNC. So I don't really have any. Uh, affiliation with any big school you know i hate I UV. I hate he sends his daughters to colleges that are against all his buddies i think that's what i'm saying <laughs> he's like who did, do you like you? i like state i'm sending my daughter carolina who yeah. you like i'm sending my daughter Richmond. yeah i will tell you this about virginia i was blown away this year so liberty college is in virginia correct yeah absolutely yeah the number three overall quarterback in the nfl draft is from liberty this year yep that's exactly Beautiful right campus up there yeah They've really come along, built a big, big university. I mean, I remember when when I went with Tom Graziano, we were roommates, because we would hear that the girls were the prettiest over there, but you couldn't walk or talk near them. And this was back when Jerry Falwell Sr. ran the place. And so you, if you met a girl, you'd have to walk on opposite end of the sidewalk. You couldn't hold hands or they'd be kicked out. Um, but that, that school went into bankruptcy back in the 80s. And to look at it now with all these pretty buildings, I mean, they just take over the landscape of Lynchburg. They've done a great job. And now... Uh, with an excellent football program that quickly, man. I mean, it's pretty impressive. So maybe I like Liberty. And uh, oh, and by the way, I never met any one of those good-looking girls that they talked about. Did we? Did we ever do that? No, no, that never. Because your wife's listening to this. Uh, this was in the '80s. She wasn't even born. Doesn't make any difference. <laughs> your wife, like my wife, it could have been 1912. You mentioned about taking a second look no, at a woman from four blocks away, and you like don't get to look five. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm just telling you. I would have gone to jail. <laughs> they say they don't. They say they don't care, and then the next thing they say, you look at them, they say, "I say, what's wrong, Angie? I'm fine." You know, one yeah. of those. No, no, Ronnie, I'm fine. You, you get them from Amy. You get the. You can tell something's wrong, and you say, "Amy, sweetie, is everything okay?" And she's, "I'm fine." Yeah, that's yeah. a universal signal for, "I'm not fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but one more. When word, a woman I'm, says it don't matter. Yeah, when a woman says it don't matter, oh, it matters. <laughs> it matters. Oh, it matters. Man, man hey, we should serve me, for I know we're going to go, but hey, uh, Mr. Saddle, let me ask you a question now. Yes. So if you do decide and your family support, and I do understand what you're saying about family because we lost so many years on the TV circuit, honestly, and yep. I get that 100% family first. But if you do decide to rough send it, which I know you will, <laughs> but if you will take and get back in a car for one more race, I might even sponsor that for you. Oh, hey, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so interestingly enough, when we started this lawsuit and we wanted really to reach out to the small businesses and get into the rural areas, which were you just affected so much. You just talked yourself 10 more minutes, Ronnie, yeah, yeah, yeah. to tell this story. Yeah. So to the skill games and stuff. And I said, and this was actually when we were on the, uh, on the uh, deck too. Yeah. Um, I said, look, Herm, you know, I was planning on sponsoring a, what's called the Smart Series Tour, Southern Modified Auto Racing Tour, uh, open wheel asphalt modifieds. And I said, we got to get you back in a car. And, and that started that conversation. And nah, nah, my racing lanes are done. My wife will kill me. She say, "Have you lost your mind?" That kind of stuff. I finally convinced him to do it. I sponsored the car along with uh, Pacematic, who's one of our primary sponsors now. And uh, and we decided from there um, to run a two team open wheel modified in the Smart Series. And we're actually doing some with Wheeling. We're having a great time. And he guaranteed, guaranteed, Ronnie, that he would run. In one of those cars, did you not? We have two cars. I did. So, so we're run, we're running in the Smart Modified Tour with our full time driver Jonathan Brown. Yep. Which, by the way, won uh, the last race on the tour last Sunday, Sunday a week ago at the Franklin County Speedway. Kicking butt. And uh, we finished second at South Boston. Prior to that, mm-hmm. we're running some races in the Wheeling Modified Tour, SS Racing. I say it's Sadler Stanley. He says Stanley, Stanley Sadler, Sadler, whatever. Right. But we, <laughs> we we built a car for the uh, for the Wheeling Modified Race at Richmond a couple of weeks ago, and the Rocket Man Ryan Newman uh, drove for us in that race, and he's going to do a couple more races for us. But I'm going to run Martinsville. the Smart Tour race at Motor Mile again okay. uh, this year, and I'm going to do the Wheeling Modified Tour race at Martinsville at the end of the year. Come on, so, let me know. I'll be at Martinsville. I'll come to Martinsville. Oh, that'd be great. And look, I don't come. change the subject. You said you were going to sponsor it. <laughs> I will. I help. Look, look. I even you remember old Mike Lingerfeld? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I get I get old Mike up there to change the tires. I give him a call. Of one, of the, one of the best tire changes ever in NASCAR. Mm. I do remember him very well. Yes, sir. No, but I'm just joking. I know you're on a fixed income now, so you don't have to sponsor the car. But I would hey. love to have you there. Yeah, we'd love you. Hey, look. The only fixed income I have is asking my wife, "Can I have it?" That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right, be, that's better. But as fixed as it gets. Stipend is what I call it. And hey, look, um, if you're ever in Richmond, maybe we plan a time just like we did with with LeVar Arrington and and Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'd love to have you come to the Senate of Virginia, uh, put you up in the gallery, and then introduce you. And and we'd honor you in the Commonwealth of Virginia by introducing you from the floor and extending to you the warm welcome of the Senate. That would be a great thing to do, have him up there, because I know everybody in the Senate chamber would go rushing to the door to go get their picture and autograph with Ronnie. But but if you would give me that honor, I would Look, love to do that in the future. Maybe at oh, his swearing I, in in 2023. I be, listen, I would be absolutely blown away by that. But I, I need uh, 
what's that? A blanket immunity? Like yeah. I, I, I yeah. can't get in trouble while I'm there, right? I got blanket immunity for 30 minutes. Yeah, by the power vested in me in the Commonwealth of Virginia, <laughs> I give you exactly what you need to get in and get out. Blanket no immunity. liabilities. <laughs> That's it. You got it. Give me 30 minutes of blanket immunity in the Senate. You got it. But we all, we'd love to have you at the racetrack. And, Ronnie, uh, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves that we haven't seen each other uh, no more than we have. Uh, we definitely got to – uh, get back together. Uh, you've always been, as you said, you know, I, I, I echo those same sentiments back to you. Always been solid. Always been there when I needed you. And we've had a lot of fun over the years. And we need to get together and do that again. And this has been, uh, this has been one of the most fun hours I've had yeah. uh, in recent memory. Just catching up. Yeah. Because you asked me early today before we came on and said, "Do we have a script? Are we going to shoot from the hip?" And I said, we're going to just shoot from the hip. And I, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And we appreciate you uh, taking some time with us today. Yeah, you got a lot of dopey friends. This is a cool <laughs> <laughs> He's got some dopey-ass friends. But I this just want to cool. make sure if we had a script, I got to read it first. Because, see, I'm dealing with two senators or a senator or a future senator. A future senator. I can't That's do right. much over five-letter words. I just need to make sure I understood the geography of the situation. You done good. Look, tell, uh, tell Amy uh, I said hello. And my family's yes, been thinking about you guys. Um you know, I reached out to you, all that. I mean, uh, and this everything we've just done for this last hour uh, is to honor and in memory of your son, Alex. And Amen. you guys are strong as can be. I applaud you for it. And you're doing a lot Thank of good you. things. And uh, we'll be down there to see you real soon. All right. Much love, y'all. If I can help in any way, let me know. I'm 2023. I'm coming. Thank coming you, Ronnie. Me. There you go, baby. Ronnie's just laid down the uh, laid down what's going to happen in the future, and it's a real honor meeting you, and, and I've enjoyed every minute of this. Uh, what a way to close out the show. Uh, so I'm going to end it first. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning way right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, and I'm turning left, and I will be turning left at the Motor Mile Speedway. Uh, hopefully I'm turning left because if I'm turning right, that means I fit the wall. <laughs> Uh, turning left at the Motor Mile Speedway coming up in the Smart Modified Tour and the Whelan NASCAR Tour in Martinsville. And this is Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. And as always, we are powered by Pacematic. Goodbye, everybody.